0: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. God, you do so much that we don't even realize. There's so many things going on behind the scenes. There are, you have plans for us that we don't even know what great things are even coming. But God, we ask that today you remind us that truly you have fulfilled everything for us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, so that we can be Encouraged and granted repentance, Lord, of our sins, and just run towards you and just cling to the cross with empty hands of faith, knowing that your son is taking care of it all. God be with all the churches that are meeting across the world in whatever capacity or situation. Be with all the missionaries and all the Christians, Lord. There is there is much going on in this world. But God, you are greater. And that's what we we pray, that today we can say you are greater. And that the Christians out there, wherever they are, they can say you are greater. And this world will take notice of your greatness. And that they will follow you. That all will come to know that you are the true King of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us, Lord, to live this life of faith consistently before you. That we can just be continue filled with love, hope and peace and rest in your unchanging grace in Jesus name amen. So today we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter five verse 18 and as we do it it's important to keep the, the gospel in focus as we look over this passage so we don't fall into legalism because we've got to remember that the ultimate goal of any passage of the Bible is about making much of Christ and his finished work out of love for us. I mean, Paul himself even says this earlier, that this too is his goal. He stated in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 19, he says that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, And height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the goal when you come to the Bible. So as we approach this text today, we are to remember the gospel promise that we now have everything we need in Christ. And realize more and more that the world, the flesh, and the devil to realize that they cannot offer us, they offer us nothing of lasting significance of value or worth. That the world cannot offer you and I the true freedom, cannot offer us the true hope, it cannot offer us the true wisdom or strength. The world cannot give us the true rescue and the true peace and the true rest that we need and that we're all longing for. Only Christ can. And and for us as believers, He has already given such things to us by faith in Him. For He has accomplished all things for us through His perfect, sinless life and His sacrificial death for us upon the cross. And through His bodily resurrection, He has given and is giving all the things, everything now to us graciously, all by faith in Him alone. You could put it this way. Paul has been saying over and over and over that you have everything now because Christ is your everything now by faith alone in Him. He is the complete rescuer that has saved you from the power of sin and death and He has reunited you to have this everlasting loving relationship with God to be His child to whom He showers His blessings upon you that will never, ever, ever be taken away from you. Even if you and I fail Him, fail God, and sin against Him, which you do, He still blesses you and I. For we are saved by grace through faith alone and not of our own works. So we can just rest in Christ by faith alone and look to Him to rely on. And rely upon Him to supply all of our needs, no matter how big or how small. For He is our great provider now. We have to remember that. And He will give you all that you need in this world to make it through this world, to be with Him for eternity. And, and though He never promises to stop the storms in your life, nor does He promise to ever remove the storms in your life, He does promise something greater. He promises that he will be with you through the storms to bring you safely to your destination with him, to be with him for eternity, to reveal to all how he is greater than all, and that you are his child whom he dearly loves, and his power is with you as you go through those storms. For God loves sinners such as you and I, and this is the good news that we have through faith in Christ. But as we know and have dealt with, the world will do its best to make us forget that gospel truth and make little of that gospel truth to have us think that what Christ's words, when when he says it is finished, to have that mean nothing in our life so that we don't end up going to him for our everything. See that's the great battle we have to face is that we must realize that even as impractical and unpractical as it seems that you and I cannot make it or win at this thing called life without Christ you can't win And yet the world will always entice you and string you along to run you ragged at trying to accomplish such a thing. It wants you to think that in John 15, 5, where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing to see that just as a foolish, stupid, ignorant, no good, worthless statement in your life. The world wants to make little of that and to have you see that as impractical as a Christian. The world, the flesh, and the devil always wants you to doubt the power of Christ in your life through faith in Him alone. And it wants you to try to do all things in your own power, in your own strength, and not go to Christ and lean upon Christ and rest in Christ to provide to have Him provide everything you truly need in this world. It wants you to not look to Him by faith alone and live from the blessings you already have in Him, to live from the love that is already lavished upon you from Him, to have you live life from His strength, from His wisdom, from His power, to live from the status you already have in Christ. No, the world and the flesh and the devil are always on this mission to try to distract you from that truth over you now and to have you become enslaved to its lives of that you need more than Jesus in your life to find contentment, to find peace, to find security, to find hope, to find strength and freedom and rest. It does this by creating this absolute false perspective Of life through twisted statements that it shoves and it screams in your face saying, look at what you don't have. Look at what's being taken away from you. You need to be stronger. You need to be greater. You need to be better. You need to be more independent. You need to be smarter. You need to be more beautiful. You need to be, have more status. You need to have, you need to do more. You need to obtain more. And if you don't, you're a waste of life. That's the world. And it can go on and on and on with that list. Because it screams this message that promises rest and satisfaction. If you can just do that one more thing. But it can't provide it. It can't provide that rest or that satisfaction unlike Christ who can and does provide it all for us by faith alone? See, this world is always you need, you need, you need because there is no true rest in this world, just exhaustion and this never-ending treadmill of always trying to gain, always trying to obtain, and always trying to become more, always trying to accomplish more because what you have is never enough. It's just not enough. It wants perfection. That's what the world wants. But it has no means of actually providing it or sustaining it or blessing you with it. Only Christ can do such a thing. The world can only give you death. It can only give you destruction. This world is driven to make you and I live with a focus on self at the expense of all others. To keep you and your life at the center of it all. Because in the end, from the world's perspective, it's all on you, anyways. So don't you dare mess up. If you do, you gotta make up for all that wrong you did. And guess what? That pit just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it never ends. So it keeps you then distracted and focused on all the self-improvement, self-salvation projects because it wants us to forget that Christ is enough and it is finished in Him. For his life, his death, his resurrection has covered all of our past and present and future sins. We have been completely forgiven. We have been completely justified before God all because of his works on our behalf and not on our own at all. We could never do such a thing and we'll never be able to do such a thing, but he did. It is done. Christ has come to free us from such an enslavement to self and the world. He has come to give us true freedom and rest through focusing on Him and His works alone on our behalf in this world. And that is what Paul is going to remind us here today. So our title then is Focus on Jesus Alone. And I know it is a simple, simple line but oh, how we forget it so easily and want to focus on everything else. So let's look at Ephesians 5.18. It says this, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, there you have it. Don't get drunk. See you next week, guys. That's, that's, we're good, Right? No, No, I'm just joking, because really, that is not the don't get drunk is not really the ultimate goal or really even the main point of what Paul is saying here. For Paul, the goal here is something more than just don't get drunk. I mean, lots of people do that anyways. I mean, sure, okay, I'm not misunderstood. Sure, getting drunk is a sin. There's no way around it. I mean, it comes up in other places in Scripture where it lists sins like Galatians 5 20 through 21. Like it lists the sins of idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. 1 Peter 4 3, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness. 1 Corinthians 6 10, nor thieves, nor greed, nor the greedy. Nor drunkards. But the reason why I say that is not the main point, though it's an important truth, okay? I say that because notice how in this passage, which was read earlier and what we're looking at, Paul does not bring this sin up in a list of sins. Paul is doing more than just bringing up a sin to stay away from. And again, to be clear, stay away from the sin of drunkenness. That's important. But that's not necessarily the highlight of this passage. Now, what Paul is doing by bringing up this one sin, he is making a point and using it as an example of something to try to explain and reveal something more about it to us. We are essentially to focus on Christ and see him as our everything now more and more every day. And this brings us to our first point. Focusing on anything else leads to ruin. Simple enough. So when Paul says don't get drunk with wine, he doesn't just leave it there and then move on, but rather he gives us deeper insight as to why we should not do such a thing and gives some clarification as to even what being drunk is and what it does to us. He states that when we get drunk, that is debauchery. I know some of you are like, okay, great. What does that word mean? I mean, when was the last time you heard that word? Well, the word means essentially to lose control or unrestrained living or having this recklessness of life come about us. So when we get drunk, we become something that Paul wants to emphasize. And it's the fact that we become in a state of unrestrained living. So sure, there are other things that come about when we get drunk. I'm sure you've all seen it. Some of you are like, I've never seen it. Well, Great. Great, I'm glad you never did. But the point is, the emphasis that Paul is bringing out is the recklessness that comes out when being drunk. Or put more directly, the debauchery is really the apex of selfishness and self-centeredness because there is no self-control and it's living life with no regards for others but makes life all about yourself at the expense of others and if you've ever seen a drunk person all that really comes from them is really selfish actions because they have no self-restraint over what they do or say and really, then, the broader application of what Paul then is getting at here is that sin of any type, like lust, greed, jealousy, worry, fear, racism, self-righteousness, pride, whatever, when we give into it, it really only leads you to recklessness and unrestrained living. That is what sin does, and that, it's, that is its goal, to have you miss the mark of what God's will is for you and I in life. See, giving into sin and letting it lead you only leads to more problems for you, and it fixes nothing. Just like being drunk would fix absolutely nothing for you, it provides no true relief for you. It, there's not at least nothing long lasting. For tomorrow comes, the pain is still there, the relationship is still broken and heavy, the empty feeling of regret is still residing, loneliness is still t- uh, taking residence with you, and you're still just as angry as before. Giving into sin of whatever type never fixes anything in your life, nor does it truly let you cope with anything or cope with anyone that you are struggling with. The world tries to get you to buy into the lie that says you can do it on your own, in your own power and own judgments to fix or obtain things in this life. Just give in to the sin. Let the sin numb your pain. Let the sin soothe that need. But it never does and it never can. If anything, it just makes the need bigger. It makes the wound worse. And the emptiness just gets deeper. And we fall prey into thinking that we are in control by giving in to sin. Just like a drunk would think he or she is in control. But really they are not. See, when we don't go to the Lord and rather do things in our own power, we are letting the power of sin take over us and direct us and are living in an unrestrained life in whatever it is by sinning. Just like a drunk goes to the bottle to be in control of things. It does not bring clarity, but it only brings pain and destruction. So what's the remedy then to help us see through the lies of the world so we don't give in to the power of sin and let it control our lives? How are we to become sober in our life of sin? Well, Paul says with great emphasis, with one of my favorite words in the Bible, but, in verse 18, meaning, the complete contrast of what I just said about being in a state of drunkenness, which leads to a life of debauchery, there is another way for us. There's hope, and that way is be filled with the Spirit. Now you might think that's kind of a strange answer, because I thought we already had the Spirit as believers the moment we come, as the moment we become to believing in Jesus. Isn't this? Didn't Paul say in 1 Corinthians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, didn't he say that we already have the Spirit once we believe in Him? He says, in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the glory of His praise. So you might ask, well, so what is he getting at here about being filled with the Spirit? Well, Paul once again is revealing and proving to us that Jesus truly has provided everything for us by to in to this life by simply trusting in Him. And this leads us to our second point. Focusing on Him empowers us to live His will. See, Christ lived the life we could not live. He died the death we deserve. And He came back to life to give us what we could never earn. He gave us salvation and the right not only to be sealed with the Holy Spirit, to be called the children of God, but He also achieved to have the Holy Spirit guide our hearts and minds to accomplish the Lord's will in our life as the children of God in whatever we do, in whatever we say, in whatever we think or feel. Paul is saying here that we have all that is necessary to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. We just have to realize it through faith in Christ. For we have a person, the Holy Spirit, who speaks to our hearts and to our minds to enable us to live a lifestyle that is not out of control or reckless or unrestrained. We don't have to give in to our sin. Though we do, and though we will much, we must, through faith in Christ, realize that the power of sin has been broken over us. And that's the struggle, right? For we have the Holy Spirit within us. He is always there to help you overcome temptation, to fight your sin, to pick you up when you do sin, to remind you that The sin that you did has already been forgiven and the love of Christ has not left you. Even though you abandoned him in that moment, Christ has not and will not abandon you. See, when Paul says be filled, all that Paul is saying here is let the Holy Spirit who is within you willfully let him change your lifestyle to be more and more conformed to the image of Christ. Stop fighting him. Stop fighting him by thinking you are strong enough and that you have to do it on your own or that you even can do it in your own power. So if anything, with Paul bringing this example of the drunkard here in the text, because in the Greek there, it's kind of like habitually drunk. Basically, what Paul is kind of pointing out here, if there's a wordplay, is we are to be like the drunkard who is pressingly going to the drink to lose control in dealing with their circumstances and their personal problems, who goes to the bottle religiously to pass the time so they don't have to deal with the issues of the day and tries to forget the woes they face, who adamantly tries to drown out all the pain that they see and feel by living in a sea of numbness, Paul says you and I here are to go to the Holy Spirit like that. And for those reasons, through faith in Christ, we go to the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ with that same drive, with that same passion, with that same energy, just as the drunkard goes to the drink to fix the things in his own life. But unlike the drunkard who will just live in a life of debauchery, the Spirit will lead you and I under His influence to live a life of control and proper interaction and proper coping with things and people in our life to the glory of God according to God's will by having a focus on Jesus See, the idea here is that God is always working in us and for us through faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ. For the Spirit has sealed us in Jesus, so He's always there keeping us in Christ, and we are to realize more and more by faith in Christ His activities within us and rely upon Him to continually do them through focusing on Jesus. See, this is just another way of Paul saying For us, give up on fixing yourself or anyone else in this world. Stop it! Give up on trying to control your own life and the outcomes of who you are. And stop trying to control others around you. And rather, go to Jesus by faith and His Spirit will guide your life in all things. I mean, Jesus says in John 16 through 13 through 14, Jesus says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The point of the Holy Spirit in our life is to make much of Christ in our life, in all things, with all people. See, really to be filled with the spirit is simply to trust in Christ for everything and to trust in yourself for nothing and let and let Christ's power work through the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when we don't, we become like the drunk and we end up doing things recklessly. We end up doing things out of selfishness, fear, jealousy, worry, hate, lust, whatever, pride, you name it. But that's not what the Spirit produces in us when we rely upon Him for anything we do or with anyone we interact with. For He produces the very opposite of those things. It says in Galatians 5, 22 through 23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. When we go to Jesus, this is what the Spirit produces in us. This is what He fills us up with. Being filled by the Spirit through faith in Christ will constantly enlighten you in any situation or trial or woe that you are in and you have this amazing truth that you now have an everlasting joy of knowing Jesus in your life now. And He loves you unconditionally. And you are in His hands. And whatever you are dealing with is being worked out for your good in Him so you can be conformed to the image of Christ and reflect the glory of the Lord in your life. Being filled by the Spirit through faith in Christ will constantly give you the deep insight to see beyond the moment and into eternity, the eternity that is waiting for you and how you are now Christ. You are His own child and He is making sure that you will be with Him face to face one day to enjoy His presence unhindered by sin and just enjoy His grace with no more sorrows and no more woes and no more worry. Being filled by the Spirit through faith in Christ will constantly give you the wisdom in how to handle your tough and seemingly hopeless hopeless situation so you can give glory to God and not be overcome by it, but rest in the victory of Christ over it. Being filled by the Spirit through faith in Christ will constantly supply you with the inner satisfaction to keep you going on in this life and not give up because you know the Lord loves you and 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 you are His child and His eye is upon you and His favor is upon you. For you know He takes pleasure even if no one else does, He takes pleasure in your very existence before Him in this world. He loves watching you blossom in His name, even if no one else sees it. And He loves you, and, he, and you are accomplishing His purpose through your life with whatever is going on with it. It all has meaning and purpose now for His glory. Every day is a wonderful day to be alive. So you could put it this way. Paul is contrasting drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit. He's saying that if you want to invest and love your family selflessly, if you want the best for your neighbors and friends, if you want to improve this world, If you want to even better yourself, there's a thought. If you want any advancement of anything in your life or the lives around you, go to Christ and nothing else. Give up on yourself. Give in to Jesus through faith in him and His works on your behalf that have made you right with God once and forever. And He will guide you on how to approach life and where to go when He's at the center. For Christ is your source for everything. So as we go to Him then, we can be rest assured that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the will of God in our life in ways that we would not think possible. Isn't that the problem? We think it's impossible and we don't do it. We don't serve. We don't, we don't help. We don't, we're not involved. We don't, we don't, we don't. We don't. Well, because, yeah, you're, on you, you couldn't. But with Christ, yes. And he'll show you the right way of doing it. Like, for example, he'll give us the strength that we think we didn't have. He will give us the wisdom that we honestly think we did not own. He will give us the peace that goes beyond our understanding with the things that should be causing us fear, worry, and stress, and anger. He will convict us to repent of our sins that we thought we never could turn away from, that we were doomed to for life. He will enable us to be patient and loving with those who frustrate you beyond belief and who just hurt you over and over again. He will embolden us to reach out and give the gospel to people who will reject us. But you'll do it anyways. He will free us from holding on to our time and money so closely as security and rest and let us use these gifts freely for His kingdom according to His glory in His ways. And even more to the point, through the filling of the Spirit, through faith in Christ, God will take our weakness, our frailty, our naivety our short-sightedness, our miscalculations, our missteps, our inconsistencies, and use it all in a mighty way to bestow His glory and His grace in our life in, and also in the lives around us to say He is greater. See, being filled by the Spirit then reminds us that we have all we need in Christ even though we fail Him and sin against Him. The Spirit is there to remind us that Jesus loves us anyways and always gives us more than we could ever ask for and He'll never leave us and He'll never abandon us. So let us then constantly be influenced or for the sake of the theme, be intoxicated by such a gospel truth and let it saturate our lives. May the smell of the gospel just resonate everywhere we go. All through faith in Christ. So that we can be reminded of the absolute freedom and absolute hope and the absolute rest we have in Him as we live upon this earth. For He loves you unconditionally because truly it is finished in Christ. So let us focus on Jesus alone. Amen? Amen. So let us go to the Lord now in prayer. And if you have not accepted Jesus, I invite you to accept Him today. And if you have to re-give yourself over to Him, I invite you to do it today. I invite you to just trust in Jesus more every day. So as the deacons come forward, you feel free to pray with them. Feel free to pray where you are. Feel free to pray up here. Feel free just to talk with Jesus. I guarantee you, he will hear you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for everything that you have done and who you are. God, we are such miserable failures. And yet you love us. We constantly fail you. But you love us anyways and you take the horrible lemons that we make and you make sweet lemonade. Oh Lord, thank you for such grace. Thank you for such hope. Thank you for the joy of knowing that your will is and is always being accomplished in us simply by trusting in you. Even when we don't see it and we're thinking we're messing it up, you are there with us, guiding us. Lord, we pray that maybe we can bring this message to those around us, this hope, this freedom, this joy, this rest to those around us who need it because this world is such an angry place, such a, a very desperate place, Lord. May your gospel shine through us. Lord, you are so good. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for loving sinners such as us. In Jesus' name, amen.